What's going on, Sports Nation? Welcome to Game Breakers, the sports show where we will be breaking down news that's relevant in the sports world. It's your host, Edwin, and guys, I am riding solo today. You know why? Because, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, Will's not here. But it's still going to keep on going. It's your great, handsome, awesome, magnificent host, Edwin, here to get the midweek show. And I know it's not really midweek. It's like Thursday right now, to be honest. But we will give you guys uh, the back-to-back episodes of today and tomorrow. At least we should. We should. Uh, but hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone is having a great day. It is Thursday. It is one more day to Friday. It is one more or two more days to the weekend. Not too bad. It's a pretty fair trade-off, if you ask me. But enough of all that. Let's get straight into business. And we're going to give you guys a little bit of some football talk here with the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. So both sides want totally different things. Kirk Cousins wants <laughs> he wants the money. Minnesota wants to restructure his contract. After hiring new coach Kevin O'Connell and new GM, my guy, uh, Mensa, they are now in an issue that regards Kirk Cousins and this hefty, hefty contract that he is expected to command or he is expected to have. Um, currently, the Vikings are $14.73 million over the cap. It's not really that good. They don't really have too much cap space as it is, so... Looking to go out and spend money on big-name free agents is not the answer for them next year. And on top of that, Kirk Cousins has the third-highest cap hit among all quarterbacks in the league, behind Matt Ryan, behind Aaron Rodgers. What does this all mean? His camp is not ready to negotiate a restructured contract just yet. Why would they do that? I mean, they have no reason to, to be honest. And I always say this, guys. It always comes down to what the player wants. Right. If Kirk Cousins believes that this team has a chance, maybe not even this year, but in the next maybe one to two years of him being in Minnesota, if he believes that this this team has a chance to compete and contend for a Super Bowl in that now tough and very crowded NFC uh, conference, I'm not. It's not really as crowded as it may seem. I think the AFC was definitely more crowded than it was last year. But when it comes to the big or better teams, NFC, we have. The Rams, um, I guess the Buccaneers will fall off in this case. The Packers, depending on what Aaron Rodgers does, um, obviously the likes of the 49ers still being there. You know, all these good teams, the Cardinals, who might fall off. It may not be that bad, actually, now I'm thinking about it, to be honest, because all these teams that I'm mentioning right now, they're not looking too good heading into next season for me. But still, this Vikings team is not the best team to put your money on in terms of a Super Bowl win anyway. So with that being said, it all comes down to what Kirk Cousins wants. If he wants to win a Super Bowl, which I think he's pretty much far past that at this point, because no matter what happens, I don't really think that they have the the talent to really, really contend unless they bulk up uh, the roster in the next coming seasons, which they would have to do that with Kirk Cousins restructuring his contract. And for a player, and when it comes down to money, I, I'm on Kirk Cousins' side here. I can't lie, because I, I think that he has robbed the Vikings over the years of money, and we all have seen that it's pretty evident. Despite him actually putting up some quiet, great numbers throughout the times of him being in a Vikings uniform. Let's be honest here, people. I mean, this guy has been good to great as a Vikings QB. I mean, I don't know why people over here calling him average. His numbers are not average at all by any means necessary, not, not in the slightest. 
Last year, he had one of the best seasons as a QB uh, for the whole entire league. People didn't know that because of how poorly the Vikings were last year, how mediocre they were last year as a team. But if you really, really paid attention to how they performed behind Kirk Cousins in that offense, he put up some outstanding numbers, okay? Really, really good numbers that would always, in my opinion, be overlooked when you play on a bad team or an Irish team for that matter. It's, it's what happened to Matthew Stafford. It's what happened to, you know, a lot of these QBs who play on these bad teams. Last year, Kirk Cousins had um, he, he had a 66.3 completion percentage. He had a Pro Bowl, by the way. Don't forget about that. He threw for 4,221 yards, 33 touchdowns to just seven interceptions. And each year since being in Minnesota, he has thrown 25 touchdown passes or more. That's pretty damn good to me. I, I mean, I think so. And I also do think that you put Cousins on. I always keep on saying this. I'm not sure why I keep on saying this, but if you put Cousins on Tennessee, for me, they win the Super Bowl. That's just my opinion right there. But going back into the situation right here, um, you know, they have previously restructured his contract back in March 2020 when he signed the two-year extension worth $66 million that ran through 2022, all right? And now it's it's come to the point where they want to try and negotiate a new contract. I'm not sure what would happen or not, but anyways, uh, he has the leverage here. It's pretty evident. He has the leverage here. If I were him, I would hold out. Not hold out in the sense of not play, but like I would hold out the idea of trying to restructure my contract because I just know that I ain't getting any older. I mean, younger. <laughs> you definitely getting older in age. I ain't getting any younger. Uh, my, my, my legs is not what it used to be. All right. He's not a pocket. He's not a running QB anyway. He's a pocket QB, but the point is he's getting up in age Vikings. It's not even a guarantee that they will be a Super Bowl contender in the next couple of years. So with that money, you better hold on to it. You better hold on to it. All right. So we'll see what happens. But I just thought that was pretty interesting to talk about with Kirk Cousins. Let's see what happens in the coming, uh, future of what he and his camp will do with the Vikings camp. All right, guys, enough of that nonsense. And by the way, a little preview to what is going to happen in the next coming episodes for Game Breakers. I'm not sure if you guys remember when I talked about this before, but we will do uh, NFL recap. Basically, each division do an NFL season review. So stay tuned for that. Not sure when I'm going to start it. Maybe it might be as early as tomorrow maybe it might be as early as next week never know but stay tuned for that because i definitely do intend on going by each division and seeing exactly what went wrong what went right if they achieved their goal if they didn't achieve their goal and who overachieved who underachieved all that good stuff so stay tuned for that but let's get into some basketball talk finally actually no pause that before we go into some basketball talk Let's go into some soccer talk because Champions League is on, baby. It's on and it's on. Okay. So if you tuned in last episode, you definitely heard me give the scorelines and predictions for the first round uh, or the first yeah, first round about of the Champions League scorelines. Uh, and we're going to start off with Man City and Sporting. Man City defeats Sporting Lisbon. Uh, 5-0 on the road, away from home. 
we had a double by Bernardo Silva. We had goals from, we had Mares, Phil Foden, and my guy, Raheem Sterling. Um, you look at that game, utter dominance, to be honest. I mean, the, the home team had no answer for them at all. It's pretty professional, pretty much a business move that you make. You get your job done, get out. This is a tide that we all saw coming anyway. And I don't think that I thought that it would pretty pretty much be decided in the first leg. Let's be honest here, because we all know that Sporting Leipzig cannot contain with Man City, no matter how much they would have tried. But they got to this point, so kudos to them for doing that. Uh, but in the end, it's definitely Man City going through, and now they have a five goal advantage. Is it possible? Of course, it's possible. But is it like one percent less than one percent? Probably at this point. All right, now the biggest game of the week. PSG, Real Madrid. Oh, my goodness. I love this game because what you saw was a nice spurt of attacking from the home side. And then, you know, Real Madrid obviously having to play on the counterattack, not really how they want to play because of the great dominance that they have been playing with the past couple of weeks, especially being on top of La Liga. But going into an away game in Champions League against a side like PSG, who have so much talent, you pretty much have to sit back and try to defend as much as you can. And they did that for 90 minutes, but they forgot about the 90 plus four minutes, the four extra minutes. And that is where we saw the brilliance of Kylian Mbappe in which he scores a great solo goal. And, you know, the game is pretty much in favor of them now to go into uh, Real Madrid, Bernabeu, and get the job done. Maybe it's possible, but once again, Going back into uh, the predictions and the previews uh, a couple of months ago, when I spoke about this Tide, I mentioned that whichever team was home and whichever team could get the most goals or the most goal output or score the most goals, for that matter, multiple ways of saying goals scored, (laughs) whichever team could do that, they would have the best chance to win this Tide. Now, it's not the best, but they're one goal up, and they scored it at home. So that's the best thing. But... Going into the Bernabeu, uh, Madrid has a great chance, an excellent chance of trying to, one, even the tie, and two, actually win it at home. The crowd is definitely different. It's a big crowd. It's a, a, a ground that you do not want to go and play at. You don't. One of those crowns that, you, uh, one of those grounds, sorry, that you just are really intimidated. In, and players don't want to say this sometimes, but they, they are. They are, definitely. It's like one of those special places like Anfield, for Liverpool, but it's just magic there. Magic that just gives the players a lot of boost and a mental note to go out and play harder than they usually do because they're home. But anyways, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. 1-0 to PSG. They go into the next tie, which will come, I believe, what, next week or a couple of weeks from now? So let's see what happens. But if you are a Madrid fan, you're still in good shape because I didn't expect you guys to come in and win anyway. A draw would have been a great result. You know, a great result. And you almost did it. Almost did it. All right. For the most poorest performance so far this week, FC Salzburg draw 1-1 to Bayern Munich. And I must say, I am so pissed. And you guys, why am I pissed? Why the hell am I pissed? Because I, you know, I'm a betting man. I had a four-game parlay. I had Man City destroying Sporting Leipzig, which happened. I had PSG. Now, my nerves is on the, the, the cups for that one. But Kylian Mbappe saved the parlay momentarily. And halfway, halfway through, 
when we're when we're about to get to the second round or the second uh part of the Champions Leagues for this week, Champions League matches of this week, I have an option of cashing out thirty dollars because I put it in fifteen. Have the option of cashing out thirty dollars, getting back my fifteen and getting an extra fifteen dollars, or believing in Bayern Munich and Liverpool, which we're getting to later, to get the job done. Now, I was more nervous about the Liverpool matchup than I was the Bayern Munich one. And somehow, someway, Liverpool got the job done, which is really great to happen. But these guys couldn't beat FC Salzburg. FC Salzburg, who, by the way, had a great game, I must say. Listen, whenever you play a team like Bayern, you know, it's pretty tough. It really is tough to try and control the ball. It really is tough to have possession of the ball. That's not that's not any team's forte or motto, to have possession of the ball when you play against Bayern. That's not it. You have to sit back and defend. And when it comes to the big teams, even Man City, for instance, might be a little bit even because they are a good team that has the, the plan to keep the ball. But for those teams who are not the best when it comes to possession of the football, you know, they're going to have to defend against a team like Bayern, which is what happened last night or two days ago, for that matter. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Actually, no, two days ago, two days ago. No, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. Anyways, scratch all that. We have a one to go. A one to go by my guy, Adamu. Look at the curl that, that you saw on that shot. Beautiful, beautiful. They get the perfect start to the game. A wonder goal. And after being dominated the whole entire game, only had 28 possession, once again. But they had six shots on target. Six shots out of 11 shots, six shots on target. That's pretty good, you know? And obviously, a team like Bayern, you have to try and defend. You know, they still had 22 shots and not on target. 72 possession. But for the most part of the game, for the whole entire game for that matter, once again, going to the later stages of the game, uh, the 90th plus minute, they needed a goal to try and salvage a point or whatever, uh, uh, salvage uh, a, a good result for them, at least, the way their game was going. And they had to rely on a last-minute goal, a scrappy goal, by the way, by Kingsley Coleman to get them a 1-1 draw. But if you're a Bayern fan, obviously, you're still going through, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a, a rare chance that I see FC Salzburg go through. But, once again, you never know what could happen. But when you go back to this whole match... It was the perfect game plan for FC Salzburg. And for them, they almost did it. They almost did it. Once again, you never know what could happen. Going into Bayern, going into Germany, 1-0 up in the Tide is different. Very different from going to the Tide 1-1. Now, Bayern obviously had the advantage either or. But having to defend for your lives the whole entire game is much more easier to do than trying to score a goal on the road. It's not it's not easy to do at all. But in the end, Bayern get the draw that they wanted. They get the, the last-minute goal, so it is what it is. Um, moving on, last but not least, Liverpool and Inter Milan. Now, these two teams came in very, very, very evenly matched. And this is why I was very, very, very nervous about this result. I bet on Liverpool to live this game, to win this game. And I, got, I tell you guys, <laughs> it took a, a brilliant corner header by Firmino, Roberto Firmino, to break the deadlock of these two teams. And it came as close as, I think I even forget this guy's name. Um, Yeah, uh, Kyle Kanuglu, if I said that right. Kyle Hanglu, 
Um, but he he hits the crossbow in the first half, and it's it's that close. You know, Liverpool obviously they have their pressure. They are a great team when it comes to pressing, and they did that in the first half. Got a lot of mistakes out of Inter Milan, but for what it's worth, um, you know they had their chances too. Inter Milan definitely had their chances. And you look at the way that game was going. I thought it was going to be a draw. To be honest, I thought that that it was going to be a draw. And if it wasn't a draw, I believed that Inter Milan would have scored first. And it's not what happened, you know. And obviously, we have the second goal by Mohamed Salah. Like it's like the deflection goal. It, it goes in, and they're up two 0 and they win two times in Italy. One against AC Milan. One against Inter Milan. Now going into Anfield once again. I mean, it's tough to go on the road and score. And it's even tough to do that when you're down two goals after being scored on at home. So Inter Milan, it's pretty much over for them. Uh, it should be an evenly matched again. But to give up two goals at home is not the best recipe for winning this Tide. And for that matter, going to Anfield at that too is not the best way to try and get goals. It's definitely possible. Once again, it's never impossible to do so. But Anfield is one of those places where it's magical it's a scene where fans are always getting up for the games and, you know, it's just not the same. It's not the same. I know that Inter Milan and their, their fans are great too. And any other European fans aside from England, their fans are great, but geez, Anfield is one of those magical places and I, I don't see them salvaging anything. So Liverpool for me are going through, but they get the two 0 win away from home. All right, guys. Now moving on, we will give you guys the predictions uh, for Villarreal versus Juventus, Chelsea versus Leo, Benfica versus Ajax, and Atletico Madrid versus Man United next weekend. Oh, yeah, next week. Sorry, as the date gets closer. Let's get into some basketball talk. Okay, my guy, Zion Williamson. What is going on, man? So apparently, apparently, he could require a second surgery on his right foot because he has been feeling some sort of some sort of pain, some soreness. And that has occurred since he started working out in December. Not too great at all, you know. And, you know, it, it's, it's come to a point where uh, surgery has to be made to repair a fifth fractured metatarsal on his right foot. It's not looking too good. It's really not. And I want to say this. Obviously, Zion is, is a little bit big. You know, I'm not even trying to joke around here. I'm not calling him fat or anything. I'm not trying to shame him for, the, for that matter either. But he's a little bit big. A little bit. It's not even a statement because he's just he's bigger. He's a bigger size than you know a person of of his height or whatever case may be. We've all known that, um, but we can't deny how effective he's been once on the court. And people just keep on trying to forget about this part of the game where a player who's been out for so long and you know, they've been injured, they tr they tend to forget how productive he's been on the court. Look at guys like DeMarcus Cousins, Andre Drummond, like those kind of guys, you know, uh, Victor Oladipo, John Wall. These guys were productive on the court. Despite them not being the healthiest as of late, they have been really productive on the court. Same thing for Zion Williamson, all right? This guy has averaged 27, 27 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 3.7 assists for the Pels last season, 2020 and 2021, you know, he shot 61%. I mean, not a, not a big deal because he's a big man. So he obviously every shot that he's going to take is going to be around the rim, but for that, it's still a good uh, picture to look at. If we're being honest here, 
And when you look at his rookie season, when she missed a great portion of it, he still was pretty damn good. 22 points in 27.8 minutes. What is that? That's production in limited time. Not limited time, but production for every minute that you play in the game. That is what that means. So for Zion, yeah, I mean, listen, like it's it's not looking too good because of the likes of him getting another surgery. He's gonna keep uh trying to rehab, but he's gonna be out for a longer extended period of time. And on top of that, now you add in the fact that the Pelicans are struggling immensely without him. I'm not sure that's because he's out or just because they're just not a good team. Um, but if you look at the overall uh plan that they do have. Now they have CJ McCollum, still have Brandon Ingram, you know, you still you, now you have Jonas Valachunas. These are some players, Devontae Graham. These are some players to me that have some talent and can win you a lot of games. Now it hasn't panned out as of yet, despite that talent, but um, you know, maybe Zion coming back would be a big boost and a changer, a momentum changer for this team and this franchise. But for right now, this team will have to wait because Zion expected and not really expected but he he could get a second surgery uh hope everything goes well because as number one draft pick uh you don't want the likes of your career being hindered by injuries you know what and for any player for that matter you don't want your career being hindered by injuries a lot of money to be made out there guys a lot of money to be made and for zion i feel for him i really do it's again it, it's come down to a point where he also has to do his part and lose a bit of weight I'm not, and once again, it's not to shame him, but if you saw the way he looked when he left the court compared to now, it's a big difference for me. It really is a big difference. He has to find a way to lose that weight, get back into a more leaner, muscular shape, not muscular, but a more leaner shape, more tone shape to get uh, quicker and more faster and to get back on the court sooner rather than later. Because right now, that way that he is right now is not what it's not doing justice. It's really not. I'm not sure exactly how much he weighs at the moment, but if he's made progress, and sure, so be it, so be it. If he hasn't made progress, then he has more time to do so if he does decide to get another foot surgery. So we'll see what happens. But for the Pelicans, right now this team is struggling once again. I believe they were 31 games, uh, 30, no, sorry, 31 and 41, and they're 10 games below 500, obviously. Uh, no, sorry, I'm bugging. They're not 31 and 41. They are 23 and 35, 12 games below 500. It's not good at all. Yeah, not good at all. All right, guys, let's get into some NBA recap and score lines. Obviously, as you have uh, been able to notice, this will be a short podcast because we are ending off so early with this NBA and score lines and all that nonsense and good stuff. But let's get straight into it. Now, Lakers and Jazz, LeBron James, damn, take over, King James, take over the fourth quarter. Jeez Louise, 33 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. I mean, what more can you ask for a guy in this stages of his career? What more can you ask, to be honest? 17 points added by Anthony Davis, who left the game once again with an injury. And at this point, it's it's news that it, it recurs once in a while. It's, it's really tough to say that, but it's, it's sad. It really is. This guy just cannot stay off of being injured. He just cannot avoid injuries. I'm not sure what it is, man. I'm, I'm really not. But he just has the worst luck, the worst luck when it comes to his ankle, his knee, anything for that matter. 17 points from Russell Westbrook, seven rebounds and six assists. Not too bad from him. 13 points from Malik Monk. But in the end, Lakers get the job done. 
And for the losers, <laughs> the Jazz, 37 points from Donovan Mitchell. Yes, sir. Have yourself a day. Where is his help? I don't know. 15 points from Bogey, not enough. 5 of 14 shooting, not enough. 10 points from Russell Neal. I mean, he did his job. He's not really a scoring threat, to be honest. Um, but 13 off the points from Clarkson, that's pretty good. But where is the production coming from, from everyone else? Not really there. All right. I mean, you get wide side, 7 points, 8 rebounds, but not enough. Not enough. All right. Lakers improved to 27 and 31. Jazz fall to 36 and 22. Hawks and Magic. Hawks get the win on the road. 130 to 109 behind a stellar performance by my guy once again, Trey Young. 22 points, six assists. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Um, 14 points uh for the De- DeAndre Hunter. We had 11 points from Danilo Gallinari and 15 from Kevin Horder. But it was mostly the off-the-bench production by my guy, Bogdanovich. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Because he did his job, unlike <laughs> Boyan Bogdanovich. Bogdan did his job. 23 points, 6 assists. That's pretty dang good for the Magic. Every starter scored in double figures. Was it enough? No. 12 points from Frank Wagner, 10 points from Wendell Carter, 11 from Mo Bamba, 9 rebounds. We also did have 10 rebounds from Wendell Carter, too. 23 points from Cole Anthony. 19 points from Jalen Suggs. That's not too bad at all. I mean, he shot 6 for 19. It's not too bad either. But um, in the end, Magic don't get the job done, obviously. Pistons and Celtics. Now, this is very surprising. Celtics on a roll, and they lose at home to the Pistons. Detroit basketball. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. 24 points from Jeremy Grant. And we had 20 points from Sadiq Bey. 20 points from Cade Cunningham, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. That is a real, really, really well-rounded game. And 15 points off the bench from Kelly Olenek, former Celtic, former Heat. <laughs> there you have it. Okay, for the Celtics, 31 points from Jalen Brown and 6 assists. 19 points from Al Horford, 22 points from Jason Tatum, and 17 from Grant Williams. Not too much help from the bench. It was mostly a starter's effort, and you can see that from the minutes they played. But in the end... They can't get the job done. They lose by one point at home to the freaking Pistons. By the way, Jeremy Grant hit the game winner's shot. Buckets. Buckets. Wizards and Pacers. Pacers get the win at home. 113 to 108. We had a scoreline from the team. 17 points from Brissett. 21 points from Tyrese Halliburton. 14 assists, by the way. Damn. 15 points from Buddy Heald. Five rebounds, seven assists. Well around 18 points from my guy, Terry Taylor. Okay. Okay, do your thing. 17 points off the bench from Tristan Thompson, who just got waived, by the way, and will now be trying to head to Chicago, where the Bulls are going to pick him up and try to give him some minutes. Maybe, maybe not. But for his departure, he did add 17 points. Eight of nine shooting, too. 11 points from Lance Stevenson. Okay, not too bad. And eight points from newcomer, Jalen Smith. Yes, yes, sir. All right, for the Wizards, 26 from Kyle Kuzma, who's been balling, 15 rebounds. That's pretty damn good. 27 points from KCP. But what did they get from the starters? Outside of those two, not too much. Uh, 14 points off the bench, though, by Denny Avdija. Denny Avdia. And, you know, we have 10 points from Ish Smith. All right, Nets and Knicks. See, this is the reason why when it comes to New York sports, guys, Sometimes it's the losses that we expect to happen that don't kill us. 
But when we have losses like this, when a team just blows a lead, a lead that big, 20, what was it, 28 down, a lead that big, I mean, what can you really ask for sometimes? It's depressing. It's really depressing to watch for New York fans out there, my Jets included. But you just can't have these. I, another chance, another instance where this New York team blows a big lead. Can't forget about that lead against Lakers on the road. Blow a big lead, have them come back and lose an OT. That's terrible. It's terrible. And once again, a team with no KD, no big-name players, no, obviously, you know, I'm not even going to count Ben Simmons, but no Kyrie. And you let these team come, you let this team come back down from 28 to win. Heartbreaking, depressing, but expected? I guess so. You know, going back into last season, that, that run by the Knicks, I guess it was a one year fluke, to be honest. Yeah, it's always said that you play hard for 40 games. You, I mean, you play hard, you can win 40 games. You play good defense, you can win a lot more games. But this team, despite having the additions, has proven to not really take off from last year. 25 and 34, they sit, and they're not sitting too good either. But let's get into the game. 16 points from Evan Fournier. Okay. 31 points from Julius Randle, 10 rebounds. He did his job. All right. And we had, a, a, obviously, a well-rounded scoring team effort. Nine points from Kemba Walker. Nine of shots for me. Eight points from Quentin Grimes. Okay, not too bad. 18 points off the bench from Emmanuel quickly. Um, but, you know, let's go into the team that came back and won. 20 points from Seth Curry. Efficient shooting, like he always does. 11 points from Andre Drummond. 19 boards. 19 freaking boards. I mean, Dan, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, put a body on him, for real. What's going on? Todd Gibson, put a body on him. Dan, 19 boards? Okay. 14 points from freaking James Johnson. Wow, off the freaking easy. All right. 18 from LaMarcus Arthur off the bench. And the guy who leaded this whole entire comeback, Cam Thomas, the rookie. 16 points in the fourth quarter, 21 points in total. Can you believe that? And the Nets pull off this great win. They are now 31 and 7, 27. And the Knicks are 25 and 34, as I mentioned before. All right. Bulls and Kings. Bulls get the win at home, 125 to 18, 118, behind a great performance. Once again, uh, by DeMar DeRozan, 38 points. A guy who's going to be scary come playoff time. Y'all watch out. Six rebounds, six assists. He's going to be scary. 31 points, though, by the way, by Kobe White, who started the game, came, did not come off the bench, started the game, and went off. And this is the trade of this team, man. They have found a way to be consistent and still win these games, like my Heat, you know, because without their big-name players, Lonzo Ball, uh, Zach Levine not being there last night, they still managed to get the job done. Still managed to get the job done. No Alex Russo either. Congratulations to them, for real. Every starter scored in double figures. We have 15 from Javante Green, 21 points from Nikola Vucevic, 10 rebounds, and 12 points from Ayo DeSumo. And for the Kings, losing effort, but we have 33 points from De'Aaron Fox, 9 assists, not too bad. 6 rebounds, too. 18 points from Justin Holiday, 17 points from Harrison Barnes, 22 points from DeMontis Sabonis, and 12 rebounds and 8 assists. Not too bad. 11 points off the bench from my guy, Chris Metu. But in the end, Oh, sorry, not Chris. Chimizi, Chimizi Metu. Yes. He's Nigerian, I bet. But I, I, I'm for some reason, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But in the end, they can't get the job done on the road. They fought the 28-2 and 38. 
And the Bulls are now the number one seeded team in the East with that half game above the Miami Heat, 38 and 21. All right, moving on. Trailblazers and Grizzlies. Surprise win on the road. Blazers get the job done. Winslow, 16 points, seven rebounds. Not too bad. He has fit into this team pretty well since coming in. I must admit that. I must admit. I didn't think it was a terrible move to get him along with Eric Bledsoe, but I thought that he wouldn't be a great contributor. And I have been, I mean, only like, what, five games so far? Could still be proven wrong or proven right for that matter. But, you know, so far he's been playing really well. 32 points from Yusef Nurkic. Eight rebounds, four assists. What's going on? How is guys like Yusef Nurkic going on? Can you believe that? Wow. 22 points from my guy, Josh Hart. Now, that is expected to happen. I knew that he would have a seamless fit into this scheme that they do have in Portland. 31 points by the great Alfredy Simons. And 14 points off the bench from Ben McLemore. Not too bad. For the Grizzlies, John Moran had 44 points, 11 assists. Was not enough though. 30 points from Desmond Bain, six points from Zaire Williams. Not good. I'm not even sure why I read that. Uh, 12 points from Brandon Clark. But in the end, they could not get the job done. You know why? Because Jaron Jackson Jr. struggled. Seven points, two of ten shooting, 0 for four from three. Not good. But once again, he's been balling out the season, so I can give him a pass here. Okay. The Memphis Grizzlies fall to 41 and 19. Can you believe that? They've fallen to 41 and 19. And the Blazers improved to 25 and 34. All right, Raptors and Tims. Raptors controlled pretty much the game as well as the Tims, the back and forth action. But in the fourth quarter, they kind of pulled away late. The Tims tried to make a comeback and could not do so. Raptors went on the road 103 to 91. We have a scoreline of 17 points from Spicy P, nine rebounds, 30 points from Gary Trent Jr., another 30 piece, 10, uh, 10 points from my guy Ananobi, 10 and 11 apiece from Thaddeus Young and Precious Achua off the bench. All right. And for the Tims, 24 points from Carl Anthony Towns, 10 points from Pat Bev, who has just gotten the extension. He will now be staying with the Tims. And I must say, when you look at deals like this, when you include guys like Pat Bev into the deal, it's like a case of, well, let's see what happens. Maybe he can, he can contribute, maybe not. But if he doesn't, we're not really expecting too much from him. And Pat Bev has steadily become a nice scoring contributor for this team since arriving in Minnesota. Let's be honest with people, some good defense and some scoring spurts here and there. What more can you ask from guys like Pat Bev? What more? And a point guard too? Seriously? Three assists? Oh my, go, go off. All right. And we had 18 points off the bench from Jaden McDaniels. But you know why they lost? Because Anthony Edwards could not buy a bucket. Damn, this guy... Did not make one bucket last night. 0 of 8. Jeez. And D'Angelo Russell, 2 of 11? 8 points? Jeez. In the end, though, for the visiting team, they went, they improved to 32 and 25. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, and not the Vikings, the Timberwolves, fall to 31 and 28. Spurs and Thunder, uh, pretty much expected win here for me. 114 win to 106 against the Thunder. Spurs. Every starter scored in double figures. 22 points from Keldon Johnson. 20 points from Jacoperto. 18 from Deontay Murray. 7 uh, rebounds and 8 assists. 15 points from Devin Vassell. Devin Vassell, uh, however you want to say it. Uh, 16 points from McDermott. And 17 off the bench from Lonnie Walker. Wow. And for the Thunder, Josh Giddy, Another triple dub. 17 points. 10-10. Wow. 17 points from Isaiah Roby. Not too bad. 
24 points from Ter- uh not not Terrence man Trey man <laughs> Trey man it's not too bad either and off the bench 10 points from Pukashevsky 22 points though from my guy Theo Malden there you have it for them uh, uh Rockets and Suns Rockets lose by three points actually against the Suns uh in a game where CP3 got ejected very uncharacteristic of him but it happened but they still get the window and they are now 48 and 10. And that was behind 23 points from DeAndre Ayton, nine boards, 24 points from uh, Booker. We had 11 points from Chris Paul before he left, 17 points from Mikel Bridges, and off the bench, 14 points from my guy, Cam Johnson. For the Rockets, 22 points from Deshaun Tate, 19 from Segun. Alfredo Segun. Oh, not Alfredo. Alfredo. <laughs> That's my nickname for him, but like, Alfredo Segun. 23 points. Also, don't forget, these two guys, Shante, Segun, double-double. 10 boards, 14 boards. Nice. 23 points, by the way, from Dennis Schroeder. Okay, not too bad. 20 points from Eric Gordon. Not too bad. 17 points from uh, my guy, Green, Jalen Green. Didn't shoot too well. I mean, yeah, I guess you, he didn't shoot too bad either. And 11 off the bench from Ken, Kenyon Martin. It's not, too, not too bad either. But in the end, the Rockets lose on the road. Now fall to 15 and 42. And the Suns, 48 and 10. Last but not least, off of a game winner. Go ahead. Go home. My guy, Monte Morris, sends the Nuggets to a victory. Can you believe that? But he scored 13 points. Not too bad either. 4-6 shooting. But what really led to the win, 35 points from Nicole Jokic, 17 boards, 8 assists, almost a triple dunk. 10 points from Aaron Gordon. All right? 22 off the bench from Brian Forbes. That's not that's not bad. I told you guys he would fit into the system really well. 10 points from Austin Rivers. And for the Warriors, full lineup here, by the way. 25 points from Steph Curry. Uh, we had 16 points from Klay Thompson. We had 12 points from Gary Payton. We had 13 from Kevon Looney. Nine points from Wiggins. We had 10, 15, and 12. Keep in mind, 10, 15, and 12 from Otto Porter Jr., Jordan Poole, and Jonathan Kaminga. Not too bad. But in the end, the game winner says it all, folks. Says it all. Now, what is on for tonight's matchup? Heat and Hornets. All right. After the loss to the Dallas Mavericks, I'm not feeling too confident. But give me the Heat still. Wizards and Nets. Is there, is there any night I'm going to not pick my team? Probably not. Uh, But, you know, when it comes to the big – I mean, my team is really good. You know, like I have the right to pick them more times than not because we're really good. We're, we're first seed, second seed, whatever the case may be, but we're really good. Okay. So don't bash me for picking my heat every time. Stop it. Nets and Wizards. Hmm, give me the Nets. Mavericks and Pelicans. Give me the Mavs. 76ers and Bucks. Give me the Bucks there. TNT matchup. I like this. And Rockets and Clippers. Give me the freaking Clippers. And there you have it, guys. Be sure to check in and see if I was right with my predictions. I usually am, but that's just me. And hey, hope everyone had a great, great day. Hope you guys tuned in to the end. And make sure to continue to support MBS, which is stands for Nuts and Bolts Sports. Uh, check out the content there. Check out uh, everyone and their shows. Be sure to check out our pages as well, too. Big up my guy, Will. Big up myself. Big up all of you guys tuning in. And everyone be safe. We'll talk to you guys soon. For the next episode of Game Breakers, we are out.